obviously I wanted to get right back on the air, you know, just like launch right into the big problem everyone's talking about, which is home title fraud. One of the fastest growing crimes in America. Uh, A lot of these, you saw the riots over home title fraud this past week. Terrible, terrible things. Um, there is a uh, there is a big issue though with home title fraud, and we're going to get to all the stuff going on in the world here in, in just a second. Um, but it, this is the sort of thing that hits you when you're down, right? Like all the stuff is going on in the world right now, and you don't know what's you don't know how to deal with it, and then you get hit with a with something like home title fraud, which we're talking about losing basically your entire savings. Uh, and you can't really do anything about it. Criminals can find your title online, and then they they you know they they commit fraud and steal your uh, your the ownership of your home. They can borrow against it. You get stuck with the payments. People have been evicted. They have lost their homes. They have lost their savings over this. Home Title Lock though is there to make sure that you can get protection for your home's title that you need. Here's what you got to do: just go to hometitlelock.com, register your address, see if you're al- if you've already been a victim. Uh, and just didn't know about it yet because sometimes it takes months and months before you realize this is actually going on. Uh, then uh, sign up to help protect your home's legal title. It's 2020. You can't afford that. There's no uh, to uh, to assume there's no risk here anymore. This is there's just too much stuff going on. Too many times you're being targeted online. Find out if you're already a victim of home title fraud at HomeTitleLock.com. Enter Beck for one free month of protection. It's HomeTitleLock.com. The code is Beck for one free month of protection. Glenn is in Idaho uh, today. He is uh, going to be uh, doing his uh, doing the show from the ranch. He's got a little bit to say. Uh, I've got a little bit to say here after a week off and watching all this nonsense go crazy for a week. Uh, there is plenty going on today. No shortage of material in 2020. That is something you can always be promised. Radio show here starts in just a second. Every day on the air, it becomes harder and harder to tell the truth and retain a voice. There are so many people being silenced, including somebody who was on my show just this last Friday. We'll talk about that coming up. And now there are several commentators, CBS, New York Times, uh, and CNN, that are telling white people exactly what to do. And to be quiet and to shut up. And here, if you want to make an impact, here's what you do. I couldn't disagree with them more. But they have a right to say what they believe. People need to stop denying their racism. No. No, that's not it. We'll tell you about it in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Home is where the heart is. It's the sanctuary you return to at the end of the day when you're weary from the world's troubles. This summer, Blinds.com, the number one online retailer of custom window treatments in the world, wants to help you turn your home even to even into more of a sanctuary than it already is by offering you a chance to win a contact-free total bedroom makeover worth $2,000 
plus a virtual session with an experienced interior designer whose work has been featured in Country Living Magazine, Pop Sugar, and inspired millions online. It's Blinds.com. They're offering this now. It's always easy and affordable. I just did this just this uh, weekend. Tanya and I were uh, buying some blinds uh, for up here in the ranch, and uh, it was a really tough thing for this person to do i thought uh, online and i thought she's not going to even be able to get close she sent the fabric and all of the stuff in advance uh you know we got it i think what the next day we looked at it it was exactly right uh and i mean i i don't know how people would do that if you're standing in the room uh but she was across the country and did it virtually it's blinds.com they make it so easy and they are so competent at this blinds.com you can enter now for your chance to win a total bedroom makeover worth 2 grand just check out their special savings on top quality interior blind shades shutters and outdoor shades no purchase is necessary some restrictions may apply see blinds.com for details So I want to read a couple of things to you, and then I want to give you what really is happening here. Um, CBS contributor uh, Ibram X. Kendi said Friday that white people need to stop denying their racism in order to end white privilege. It is critical for white people, for people in general, to stop denying their racist ideas, to stop denying the ways in which policies have benefited them, to stop denying their racism. The heartbeat of racism racism itself is denial, and the sound of that heartbeat is, I'm not a racist. He said uh, in early May that people protesting against the coronavirus stay-at-home order were comparable to slave owners who said uh, they also fought for individual freedom. Slave owners desired a state that wholly secured their individual freedom to enslave, not to mention their freedom to disenfranchise, exploit, and impoverish, also to demean and silence and kill the demeaned. So apparently that's what anybody who is doing when they protest the coronavirus, that's what, how he interpreted it. By the way, he is the founding director of the Anti-Research and Policy Center at American University, another fine Catholic university that is just keeping the principles of Jesus Christ alive. Uh, Then I have this. This comes from the New York Times. Uh, This is coming from, I don't know, some other author. It's an op-ed. He said, my book is coming out in a few months. I don't know uh, if I'm even going to be alive to see it. Because I'm a black man. On Monday evening, my agent, a liberal white woman in her 30s, sent an email informing me that she was postponing our important meeting with with our editor the next day. The agency representing my book was observing Blackout Day. The company planned to take this time to reflect and think about the long-term actions we can take both as individuals and as an organization to address the systematic racism that persists in our business and our communities. To paraphrase my agent, they were pushing back on a meeting necessary now on the completion and timely release of my book, which is about how black people can apply the lessons we derive from traumatic experiences to our careers so white people could reflect on how to help black people. I countered, insisting that our meeting take place as scheduled because black people's lives are in danger, and I shouldn't have to sacrifice momentum on a book written for black people because white people are performing empathy. Now, I love this one. 
He's held back, and yet he's got a major book being published. But when he's demanding that changes happen, but when white people say they want to sit and reflect and work on those changes, he says, how dare you? You're holding me back. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So anyway, he goes into this, this long story about how he has been traumatized his whole life, and I really feel bad for him. If that's the way he feels, honestly... Uh, he needs some psychotherapy uh, because nobody should feel the way he feels. He completely feels powerless every day of his life. There's something wrong there. But then he talks about, you know, stop sending me these emails. All these white people are trying to make me feel better, and I don't feel better. So if you want to make me feel better, here's what you do. One, pay funds that pay legal fees to black people who are unjustly arrested, imprisoned, or killed, or black politicians running for office. Not a politician you or they might agree with, just a black politician. Text. Text your relatives and loved ones, telling them you will not be visiting them or answering any of their phone calls until they take significant action in supporting black lives, either through protest or financial contributions. And protection. You protect fellow black protesters who are at greater risk of harm during the demonstrations. Than the white guy? Really? Oh, okay. Then there was this from Van Jones, and I'm gonna I'm getting to the point here. S- stay with me for a second. On Friday, Van Jones uh was in Minneapolis. And he spoke to a bunch of white liberals who think they're not racist. And he said, People are telling me of the tired ha- they're tired of hashtags, they're tired of Van Jones saying to have a bipartisan solution. They're tired of people like me, they're tired of people saying over and over again that, you know, we're basically one bill away, one election away from some progress. It's not the racist white person who is the Ku Klux Klan that we have to worry about. It's the white liberal Hillary Clinton supporter walking her dog in Central Park who will tell you right now, you know, people like that. I don't see race. Race is no big deal to me. I see us all as the same. I give to charities. But the minute she sees a black man who doesn't respect or uh, who, who has a slight a thought against her she weaponizes race like it's been uh, trained by the aryan nation blah 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 so even the most liberal well-intentioned white person has a virus in his or her brain that can be activated in an instant now white people have a virus in their brain and all of us who have been burdened by this every minute, every second of our entire lives are very fragile right now. We are fragile. As painful as this is, what we saw was a lynching. What was, uh, that's what a lynching was. We saw a white man deprive a black man of his life in public. Well, we've seen this too, Van. We've seen the lynching too, not just of the black men, but also of many white people. And other black men being lynched for what reason? TVs? Shoes? When you see police arrest our colleagues in broad daylight, when they weren't doing anything wrong, that's not the case here. And that happens every day in America to black people all the time. That someone is just peacefully walking down the street, they haven't done anything wrong, and they're arrested by police? 
Could you please fill me in on those details? Because I'd sure like to stand up against it. But that's the reality that you're now starting to see. But there's another reality you're starting to see. The thought maybe hard work. Uh, uh, um, if one worked hard, you know, the police would be nice to you because these th- things don't happen to people, you know. But the whole time, there's a whole nother America and a reason that you see people now doing these things that they're doing. We have no idea who set those fires. Could have been provocateurs. Anybody. The reason you see people willing to risk their lives in the middle of a plague and a pandemic to go out and literally risk their lives is to uh, is because people are now fed up. My only prayer is that white people will look in the mirror and how you choke off black opportunity, how you choke off black dignity, how you behave in ways that make it harder for African-Americans to rise to your profession in your place of work, on your campus, in your house of worship and start working on that. Because this is the last domino of a whole series of dominoes that have been falling for a long time. And, ba- and black people have been getting gas lit every time we point this out. People tell us, well, maybe, maybe it was this, maybe it was that. Are you sure it was this? You sure it was that? You don't, you don't get to this outcome. You don't get to a point where police officers can stand around. Don't tell me about the one who has the knee in his neck. Sometimes we have psychopaths and sociopaths with power. And when that happens, you call the police. But the, there they were. The police were watching it. And that is the problem. He said, white people in these situations are always innocent. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. Teach me, educate me, help me understand. I can't let this happen. Talk to me. Tell me something we can do. White people are always innocent, and their innocence constitutes their crime. It's too late to be innocent. It's too late. We've had too many funerals. We've had too many funerals for white people to be still at this innocence and shocked. I'm not saying that uh, witnessing a lynching shouldn't flatten you. It's flattened all of us. But the flattening has been flattening us for years and decades and centuries. So now I guess we're all in it together. Well, are we? Are we in it together? Because the empathy only seems to be going one way. I'm supposed to understand you, but I'm not now supposed to ask you any questions. I'm just supposed to do exactly what you say. You're tired of teaching. You're tired of white people. Okay. This isn't racism. This is human nature. Where he is right now is where I am, I guess, on China, on the Christians in Turkey, on the gulags in China, gulags of North Korea. It's too late for you to say I'm innocent. You knew it was there. It was happening. Ben, where are you on these things? How come you're not paying attention? Because his life is on fire right now. That's why. Why aren't we? Why don't we care and do something? Because A, we don't know what to do. And B, our life is on fire. So even though we are very well aware that these gulags are happening, that China is an evil place, what do we do about it? But it's not just that. And I don't want to, I don't want to, single him out but where are the the so-called black activists on uh chicago that's not a white problem that's a black on black problem where are you on that 
Another 30 or 40 were killed this weekend alone. Why is it Why is it so different when he doesn't see the deep pain that is in people that just believe in God or just believe in voting for somebody else? The pain that has been inflicted on 50% of the population over the last 10 years. I know it's not the same. I know it's not as deep. I know it doesn't go back centuries. But being called racist is probably the closest to the N-word we can get. It's a deeply offensive name made to belittle, shame, ostracize anyone who doesn't agree. It causes us to lose jobs. It causes us to lose friends. It causes us to lose space in now the public square of Twitter or Facebook. Someone can charge that, and we're just done. Being a conservative means you're not going to be accepted in the media. You're not going to be accepted in Hollywood. You're not going to any high society events. Good. There are two classes. And conservatives are second-class citizens. We can't protest without being classified as dangerous, racist, or revolutionaries. Just a few weeks ago, that's what everybody was calling us. Now, now doctors come out and say, you know what? The coronavirus isn't as bad as racism, so you can go out and protest. What? Let me break for one minute, and I'll tell you what everybody is missing on this. And what's really going on. All right, our sponsor. This half hour, we are so pleased to have my pillow uh, as our sponsor. Sometimes at night, when I lay my head down on a pillow and I look up at the ceiling, I start to get some of the most amazing thoughts. Like, I... My wife, my wife said to me yesterday, I said, uh, I, I opened my scriptures last night. I don't even remember a single word that I read. She said, you were asleep in three seconds. I have been able to fall asleep so fast where I used to toss and turn and toss and turn and toss and turn. I don't know how much my pillow played in that, but I think a lot. When you have a pillow that's not getting hot, it's, it fits your head just right. It makes a huge difference. My pillow website, you can give them a call or you can go to the website and you can get their pillows. They're amazing. But also they have the buy one, get one free specials on all of their products. You're going to save a buttload of money just by taking advantage of the sales. You're literally buying better sleep. MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials and check out the buy one, get one free deals. You can only get them at MyPillow.com slash Beck. Use the promo code code back or call 800-966-3117 for the great radio specials click on great radio specials and then uh, type in the word back into the search bar and it will take you to all of those buy one get one free at mypillow.com 10 seconds station id Okay, I don't want to equate these two things, but I want to explain to Van Jones exactly what he's going through here. And it's normal. People see the things that impact them every day. It's like when you go out to buy a new car and you're looking at a car and all of a sudden you see these cars everywhere. You didn't notice them before. The the stats haven't changed on the car overnight. You just see the things that you're relating to. 
Van never saw the impact uh, of the Obama administration on me or you. He belittled it. He thought it was a joke. He told me once that uh, I wasn't hurt by all this, that I, quote, won. I said, what are you talking about? I said, look at what you've built. I said, really? Because I wasn't an adjunct professor at Princeton. I couldn't even give a speech at Princeton. They wouldn't let me in the front door. But see, this is normal. How many times have you felt badly because... You knew a friend wasn't doing well, but you were busy on your own life and everything else. And then next thing you know, they're in the hospital and you're like, wait, what happened? You show up at the hospital. This what's happening right now is when you show up at the hospital and you're like, geez, I'm sorry, Betty. I had no idea it was this bad. I just got lost in my own thing or I didn't know what to do. And Betty looks at you and says, get out of here. I hope you rot in hell. Because you weren't there for me when I needed you. I, I didn't know, Betty. I got lost in my own thing. This is what's happening. But it's more than that. It's more. Constitutionalists believe that we can help you. If you are feeling this way, we believe we can help you. Not just you, but everybody, ourselves included. Because we have a different philosophy, and it's very close to the philosophy that many of the uh, uh, black congregationalists, anybody who's going to church on Sunday and you're African-American, it's very close to what you're hearing from the pulpit. Unless it's Jeremiah Wright. We have more in common than than people have convinced you we have. We don't need anything from you. The people who are convincing you, you need us. We don't. You don't need us. Nobody needs anything from you. We have lots of stuff for you. And it's, it's really, it comes from, I think, the path that alcoholics have walked. Away from the past. The past doesn't shape you or call the shots for your future. Only you can do that. Life isn't about what happened to you or an ancestor. It's about what you make of life. Frederick Douglass was against the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence until he spoke to Lincoln and he said, have you read it? He read it. And then he realized, and I believe this is a quote, it's the greatest anti-slavery document ever produced. Because these these documents had truths that all men found self-evident. Some might deny, but you can't in the end because it's eternal truth. They were not creating equality. They were declaring that everyone knows that all men are created equal. Some are going to continue to not to deny it. But that's why we need to have a government to protect those rights. Well, we've never gotten it perfect and no no person ever will. We're going to throw that away. Millions of Americans believe and live and let live. Go your own way. I'll go mine. We can be neighbors. When you're in trouble, I'll be there for you. When I'm in trouble, I hope you're there for me. But here's the problem. We're not welcome. We're not even seriously considered. Well, we are considered, but we're considered the problem. You haven't listened to us. It's like a group who always buys a Ford because Ford promises them a new way to look at cars. They keep buying them, and every big idea Ford does is just reintroduce the Mustang over and over again. 
Meanwhile, Elon Musk is minding his own business and changing the car industry. And Ford is telling their buyers, you know what the problem is? Elon Musk, he's holding you back. Stop it. It's the Glenn Beck Program. All right, Life Lock. I have some good news and bad news for you. Which one do you want first? We start with the good news. April 15th, tax filing deadline got pushed back to July 15th. That's good news. And here comes the bad news. While pushing that back a month or so gives you the extra time you need to take care of those pesky little taxes, it also gives cyber criminals additional time to mine for data to sell. He would have preferred the bad news first, I'm sure. A few years ago in 2016, people who were hacking in and grabbing all your information used false identities to steal at least $1.68 billion in tax refunds. Now imagine what they could do now. This is why you need LifeLock. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats and can help you avoid them. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock sees the threats that you might miss on your own. So join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head over to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 25% off now. If you've watched the media for the past week, you don't need any argument to join Blaze TV. Go to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Glad you're here. Uh, we welcome back to the program Mr. Pat Gray and Steve Regeer, who, Stu, is uh, joining us back from a week of vacation. Hello, both of you guys. Hello. Hey, Glenn. Welcome. Uh, so, the, thank you very much. First of all, <laughs> Stu, how was your vacation? It was good. People kept saying, like, oh, I can't believe you took this week off, like, oh, with all this stuff going on. And I said, this is exactly the week I want off. First of all, I don't have to follow every in and out of, you know, cities burning to the ground. And secondly, I don't have to tolerate three hours every day of Glenn Beck's saying, I told you so over and over and over and over again, <laughs> which I assume was the entire program last week. Am I wrong on that? It was, I don't think we said that at all. Did we, Pat? Uh, we didn't say that. No, I don't think. No, he didn't say that. No, didn't, I don't think uh, so. I kept thinking to myself because I sit in this room and we have this big chalkboard in front of us that has all the presidential names still on it as if the election's even a story in this country anymore uh and it takes up two-thirds of the chalkboard are all these presidential names and now all of them have dropped out except of course for for biden and then only in this left like chunk is this four-step thing that glenn put up at i think the what was it the beginning of or mid last year i don't remember exactly when you mid last year yeah and it has four steps and i don't know i've noticed a couple of them I'd see if you if anyone else has, has has heard of uh economic destabilization has there been any of that that has happened uh, uh, <laughs> wow. the next one polarization slash civil unrest i mean is anyone was there any word of that over the uh yeah. tech disruption which is a whole nother thing we need to get into uh and then trust implosion which is Huh. seemingly already completely like defund the police yeah, like dismantle defunding. the police yeah. they're just it's turning off really the police department idea. in Minneapolis it's a great idea yeah uh, so I assumed that was basically going to make up the entirety of the show so I was very pleased to be on vacation <laughs> to miss you uh, well, did we even go over that list at all last no, week no we didn't no we should have no but we didn't because that was like no. a central part but, of your idea as to what was coming over the next year you talked over and over again about how this would be the summer of rage 
And uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess, is it technically summer yet? Not quite. So maybe not the quite. spring of not rage would have been again. technically accurate, I suppose. But Well, uh, I've been talking about coming, a, a sure. summer of rage. I will tell you, I've been talking about a summer of rage coming for a while. Um, and, you know, when we got to 2020 and I saw what was happening with the Supreme Court, I'm like, OK, this this is the, this is the summer of rage. But I've been expecting this to come for a while. So I've been wrong always on the timing uh, of it. Um, you know, I don't want to claim that I was right because I've been saying it for a while. Um, however, it, this is it, man. This is it. And yeah. I think you're going to have the fall of rage as well. Because of what's happening in Minneapolis. You, you have been warning about 1968 for how long? Uh, a long time, actually. And, I mean, yeah. we're past. This is worse than 1968. I'm no, convinced it's, it's worse. We don't have, well, we don't have you, the assassination. But I exactly think we're, right. we're, I mean, I was only uh, eight years old at the time. But, uh, I mean, I don't think there was the total division that there is now. It's just, it's no, so you, divided. You didn't. It is. It was divided, but what you did have was you had some institutions that still people still trusted. They still trusted their churches. They still half of America still trusted the mm-hmm. presidency. They trusted the military. They trusted the police. Right. Um, and so you didn't have that division. But imagine. I mean, imagine even having a candidate today like RFK. You know, one that really was providing hope and was a was a good guy. Um, and and shot and then Martin Luther King shot mm-hmm. all within a, within couple, a couple of months, months from each other. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine what that would do? There is no Martin Luther King today um, and there is no RFK today. That's that's the difference, I think, is there were leaders of real hope back then uh, and and people weren't as. You know, people still believed in God. They still believed in having hope and the American way would would uh, would would uh, make things better. I don't think that people think that anymore. And I um, I don't think people have caved in. I don't think people caved in back then to the will of the left like they've caved in now. I've, I've oh never seen I've never seen anything like this where everybody if is just I see, genuflecting to them. Uh, if I don't see Drew Brees's children <laughs> and the people who are maybe are saving some of his wife's eggs at the mm-hmm. sperm center or whatever. If I don't see those people apologizing for the eggs from her or the <laughs> sperm from him, I guess I won't be able to believe that he's sincere. Do, oh, stop apologizing. Do you keep female eggs at a sperm center? Is that where you would keep them? I don't know. It seems like an odd know. title for a place that would seem like a female bad place to do it. Too. <laughs> that is unbelievable. And I mean, it, the, the Roger Goodell statement, oh. it might be the most oh, man. pandering mm-hmm. and like i'm a defender generally of the nfl i goodell i think gets a worse rap than even he deserves i mean people I so hate too. the guy yeah but like this is the ultimate example Glenn, and we've seen it a thousand times where a ceo mm-hmm. a head of an organization looks at the the, the, the landscape and just says Ah, I mean, what's the upside of of even bothering with the truth? Let's just say what they want us to say. Um, yeah. Like th- yes. th- that's like where he is. It's almost you can almost see the defeatism in it. It's like, hey, yeah, we were wrong. We 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 apologize. You know, the kneeling thing's fantastic. He's going to be out great. kneeling. Yeah. Oh yeah. He'll he'll be he'll be at the first game kneeling <laughs> with Drew Brees, and they will both kneel during the national anthem. 
Hey, Drew Brees won't do it. What did he say? Won't do it. I, I, hey, won't do it. You, I, I have a veterans in my family, and like I don't want to disrespect the flag, so I wouldn't want to do anything yeah, that wasn't that disrespect. awful. Oh my what gosh! What a horrible person! Gosh, what a terrible guy this guy is! You take it back, or we'll beat you to death. Yeah. Well, okay. No, I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> and my, my eggs wife. at the sperm center. Yes. I take it back too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My sperms all apologize. All million, all million of my potential children are apologizing today. Uh, <laughs> I think we should start a Twitter. We should start a Twitter handle that is Drew Brees sperm number one, <laughs> sperm number two. All <laughs> all I'm sorry for. Him. I think he's only got two based on what I've seen the last few days. Uh, <laughs> there are not it many. Is. Oh, it's it is there. I, I read a story about how uh, these big businesses now have just declared Black Lives Matter the winner. Uh, and uh, they are all now starting their advertising campaigns to endorse and everything mm-hmm. else. And I got news for you. <laughs> uh, you better hope that's the winning side. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, no, if you were smart, you'd realize they'll come for you after they finish with us. Um, but you better hope that's the winning side because you're taking the you're taking taking the side of the the rioters. Mm-hmm. I don't relate to you at all anymore. Uh, I don't relate to your product as being anything that I desire or want. Yeah, it's so it's so they're so hypocritical. First, you have so the, the, you know you see these protests happening around the country. And these super progressive companies like Apple, who are on the forefront of saying, you know, we believe in all of this. You know, they're the first ones boarding up their stores when a protest comes to the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I saw I, I, I saw one interview uh, last week. I think it was in Missouri of all of these kids that were saying, you know, we got to burn them all to the ground. Apple, Google, that's part of the slavery system, blah, blah, blah. And every single protester was holding their iPhone while they were saying it. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it is incredible, isn't it? Oh, I can't take it's it. Just, I can't it's take amazing. it. Well, it's amazing. It, we're going to talk next hour about, about uh, Minnesota getting rid of the police department. There's a genius idea. Right. I, well, that's the thing, too. And I, you, every once in a while, things happen. People give you presents, and you just forget to write a thank you card. The, the right, Donald Trump in particular, everybody who thinks anything that could possibly be conservative for the next 20 years, if you want that passed, should thank the left for running to defund the police. Because that is not what America is. You know, you could sit here and tell, like, they have had this uh, this media, like, landscape where that side of the protests has won, right? Like, that's definitely the way these companies are seeing it. But, I mean, you know, defund the police is not the position where the Americans are. <clears throat> d- d- dismantle the police. I, there, was a, there was a segment on CNN this morning where they, they asked, they said, well, if we dismantle the police, like, and someone's breaking into my house, you know, and I hate to point out the obvious, like, what happens in this situation? Like, no, what? you get killed and your stuff gets taken. Well, I, so? you know, it's, this was her legitimate response. Yes, I hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors, and I know, and myself too, I know that that comes from a place of privilege. Wait, what? Not wanting yeah, someone I, to break into my house and kill me comes from privilege. a place of privilege? Oh, my God. Like, these people uh, are something? literally insane. So, yeah. luckily, they're back the ones in the, leading back in the, the movement. For- you know, I can't stand this racism and this hatred. Back in the 1400s, 
You didn't have a police officer around to stop people from breaking in. It was mm. a privilege. Mm. You were a, you mm. were a king or a royal. They could have somebody not step in. You know, they could have somebody come in and try to steal, but they had the knights and everything else, and they could have that taken. <laughs> so, yes, it is a privilege. It is. As and I it's walk, a privilege that I think. As I watch you with your guard dog walking we're gonna around be behind you. Uh, yeah, it is yeah. a little bit difficult to take you and your white privilege seriously I, as your killer German you shepherd is back there about to attack the, your, another dog on your wall. Yeah. yeah, he is. He's looking at that dog like, isn't that weird? I've never seen him do that. He's looking up at the dog like, what the heck is that? It's Why a is flat he? dog. <laughs> Look at him. Yeah, he really is. He's into it. That's crazy. Uno. Oh, no, it's a piece of wood, man. Piece of wood. Yeah. Good boy. Good boy. Uh, and look, you can no, have this si- situation where we can all call the police privilege, and, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a society that could theoretically exist. What it exists, though, with is a massively um, expanded Second Amendment where people are, are handling their own security. This is something libertarians have uh, no. has pushed for, for a long time. It's something... We've pushed that as part of the solution. I think I, I like the police, too. I'd like to have them as well. But we should have the ability to defend ourselves. They want to take away the yes. ability to defend yourself and have no police. And the police. Now, so here's the, here's the thing on this. They, they, they don't understand. What will this do? This will only create division that is larger between the, the poor and the rich. Mm. You're just going to have private security. People are not going to they're not going to walk around and and live in places with no police. If you don't have police, fine. You know, Jeff Bezos, you don't think he's going to have protection. So the regular people will have their stuff stolen. It's the same thing that, you know, Rosie O'Donnell. She says, I don't believe in carrying guns, but she has people that she hires to carry guns. Well, the average person, Rosie, can't afford that. So that's why we have a Second Amendment. You can say you don't want to carry a gun, but I don't have the money to afford to have people carry guns around me. So maybe you should let us, you know, people down at the bottom be able to uh, uh, carry a gun. That, that's the same thing that's happening. So the Rosie O'Donnells of the world, those who really understand equality, will have privileges that the average person will not be able to afford. You know, called the police. Pat Gray Unleashed. You can get uh, the podcast every single day and wherever you get your podcasts as well. Uh, today, Return of Stu Does America. That'll be tonight. Uh, so check out uh, those two shows on Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn for 10 bucks off. All right. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, pain. Do you have pain in your life? Is it frequent? Is it never ending? Is it something that has changed your life? In one way or another, you can't take walks. You can't play with the kids or the grandkids. What is it that you no longer do because of pain? I would like you to try Relief Factor. Relief Factor is usually the last place people go. They go to their doctor and they get all kinds of pain killers and everything else. And uh, a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, who are in chronic pain are also now addicted to some sort of narcotic or take narcotics. Even though it just destroys them, they take it because it's the only thing that actually takes the edge off. How about getting rid of your pain? Not just taking the edge off it, but how about getting rid of most of your pain? I want you to try Relief Factor. I know you've tried everything else. I did the same thing. Then I tried this. 
Right now, Relief Factor will cost you $20, less than $20, to get a three-week pack to be able to take it three times a day to see if it will work for you. If it doesn't work for you, yes, you're out 20 bucks. If it does work for you, which it does 70% of the people, you get your life back. So please try it. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's ReliefFactor.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. So yesterday, um, uh, Archbishop Carlo Viango released a letter that he sent to President Trump warning him about the current crisis. Uh, And I just want to give you the first line in this. Mr. President, in recent months, we have been witnessing the formation of two opposing forces uh, I would call biblical, the children of light and the children of darkness. Uh, This is, I mean, uh, a remarkable letter that I think has to be read uh in its entirety he talks about the deep state and the deep state in the church and uh that these opposing forces now are taking their masks off because they are so arrogant and they believe that now is the time of their great power and they could do whatever they want without anyone you know causing them harm or molesting them and and uh it's a remarkable remarkable letter i want to read that to you coming up in a minute also uh i don't know if you saw the president retweeted um the portion of the show that i had on friday with candace owens which didn't cause me any headaches at all uh but candace was on and we had a really amazing conversation i hope to have canvas on uh, Can- um, candace on again uh, later today because she's now been banned uh, by GoFundMe. She was raising money for uh, some people that disagreed with Black Lives Matter. It was a business, I think, that was burned down or was was trying to rebuild or something. And, and uh, she had raised about a quarter of a million dollars and uh, GoFundMe shut her down because of what she said on my program on Friday. It was an exclusive on Blaze TV. It's still there. You can watch it. It's a fascinating interview. She is very, very strong in her opinions uh, and very well thought out. But God forbid we let somebody like that talk. We'll have uh, we'll have that report for you. Also, what's really behind BLM and this letter to the president from an archbishop in Rome. This is the Glenn Beck program. We all shop online now, some more than others, but listen up. If you're not using Honey, you're doing it wrong. Honey is the free online shopping tool that will save you a ton of money instantly as you shop. You don't even have to think about it. No time, no hassle, no catch. You just click apply coupons. You wait a couple of seconds while Honey scans every promo code on the Internet, and they automatically apply the best one to your cart so you'll get the best deal out there. It's that easy. It has unlocked over 17 million members to $2 billion in savings. 
That's why they have 100,000 five-star reviews on Google Chrome Store. By not using Honey, you're literally passing up free money. It's free. It installs in a couple of seconds. They don't track you or anything like that. Honey is part of the PayPal family. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash back. That's joinhoney.com slash back. Save on your online purchases. Joinhoney.com slash back. All right, let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. Our spotlight sponsor is Built Bar, which is fantastic. This is a sponsor I actually called our sales department. I said, could you see if they're interested in uh, being a sponsor? Because I love these things. Um, I have a sweet tooth. You can not imagine that. And uh, every night before I go to bed, I, I have to have something sweet. Well, I always get in trouble. That's why I gain weight. Well, now Built Bar, it tastes just like a candy bar. It is so unbelievably delicious. And it's a protein bar, 150 calories. It is, it's like eating a Snickers bar or, you know, whatever the flavor is that you really love. And I love many of them. Built Bar, they're delicious. Try it. Get $10 off at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code BECK. is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. Uh, for anybody who has been hearing the argument, they don't want to defund the police that, you know, and make the police go away. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And they've done it now in uh minnesota and they don't really have a plan for it uh they just think it's going to be much much better than the police holy cow if i was even thinking about selling my house or my business in minnesota i would do it today before you don't have a house or property values left what is the world without a police force oh yeah you know what i'd Sorry, that's rhetorical. It's the medieval days. Um, but don't worry about those dark ages. Weren't as dark as everybody thought they were. This is insanity. This is insanity. There is a, a letter from uh, an archbishop in the Vatican to President Trump that has just been released. He says it's not insanity. He says it's evil. I have to read every word of this letter to you. It is astonishing. We begin there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I have to tell you, I love my dog, Uno. Uno, Uno, come here, buddy. Come here. Uno is, he is by my side all the time. Come here, buddy. Come on. He has been sleeping. He has been by my side uh, every day, uh, all through the coronavirus and everything. He follows me around. I just love him so much. He's part of the family. Uh, And... I know you feel the same way about your dog, and that's why I have really been so excited to see his life change when we started giving him Rough Greens. Rough Greens is not a dog food. Uh, it is a supplement, and it has everything that they need in it, because if you feed your dog dry dog food especially, there's nothing good. There's nothing alive in that, and the, you know, dogs are just like you. They need the enzymes. They need the um antioxidants and they need the probiotics all of those things give your dog rough greens for 14 days and see if you don't see a huge difference in your dog my dog huge huge difference 
more active, uh, just more alive, happier. Try it. Rough Greens. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. He wouldn't eat a thing. He races to the bowl now. Roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN33. That's 833-GLEN33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. So I want to play some audio here for you from Seattle. Um, a Seattle police officer is talking. Something is being shot by uh, this video is being shot by a city council person on the city 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 council. Uh, and, you know, everybody on the Seattle city council, I think, is mad and insane uh, and leftist and Marxist. But she's filming this talking to a police officer and i want you to listen to what the guy standing right behind the police officer is saying in a bullhorn listen to this for people to breathe i need you to do me a favor that is take your guns put them under your chins and pull the trigger this isn't a response that protests i need you to kill yourselves that's your only redemption if what i'm asking you to do is tell me when you were sitting over in the Save us the trouble where? of tearing you apart where and kill yourself. Is that a threat? When is anybody? Um, when is anybody in the media going to start taking these people seriously? That they mean it. When they say defund the police, they mean defund the police. Uh, you don't believe me? Here in Minneapolis, uh, play the audio of the uh, protesters on stage in Minneapolis. And the mayor of Minneapolis shows up, has been marching with him, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and then they turn on him. Uh, listen to this. Jacob Fry, we have a yes or no question for you. Yes or no, will you commit to defunding Minneapolis Police Department? Yes. What that mean, I say? Yeah. We don't want no this more what police. Is that clear? We don't want people with guns toting around in our Okay. So that's what they're stop. Stop. That's what they're talking about. We want no more guns in our neighborhood. We don't want police. No more police. Okay. All right. Now, does this sound reasonable to you? Does this sound insane? Or quite honestly, does this sound evil? I want to read something that has just been mailed to uh, President Trump. He wrote, uh, this is from a, an archbishop in the Vatican. His name is Archbishop Carlo Mi, uh, Maria Viango. He said, in recent months, Mr. President, we have been witnessing the formation of two opposing sides that I would call biblical, the children of light and the children of darkness. The children of light constitute the most conspicuous part of humanity, while the children of darkness represent an absolute minority. And yet the former are the object of uh, a sort of discrimination, which places them in a situation of moral inferiority with respect to their adversaries, who often hold strategic positions in government, politics, the economy, and in the media. In an apparent inexplicable way, the good are now being held hostage by the wicked and by those who help them either out of self-interest or fearfulness. These two sides, which have a biblical nature, follow the clear separation between the offspring of the woman, humans, and the offspring of the serpent, the devil. 
one of uh, on the one hand, there are those who always, although they have a thousand defects and witnesses, are motivated by the desire to do good, to be honest, to raise a family, to engage in work, give prosperity to their homeland, to help the needy and in obedience to the law of God to merit the kingdom of heaven. On the other hand, there are those who want to serve themselves, who do not hold any moral positions, who want to demolish the family and the nation, exploit workers to make themselves unduly wealthy, foment internal divisions and wars, accumulate power and money. For them, the fallacious illusion of temporal well-being will one day, if they do not repent, yield to the terrible fate that awaits them far from God. In society, Mr. President, these two opposing realities coexist as eternal enemies, just as God and Satan are eternal enemies. And it appears that the children of darkness, whom we may easily identify with the deep state which you wisely oppose and which is fiercely waging war against you in these days, have, listened to this, decided to show their cards, so to speak, by now revealing their plans. They seem to be so certain of already having everything under control that they have laid aside that circumspection which until now had at least partially concealed their true intentions. The investigations are already in way that will reveal the true responsibility of those who manage the COVID emergency, not only in the area of health care, but also in politics, the economy and the media. We will probably find that in this colossal operation of social engineering, there are people who have decided the fate of humanity, aggregating themselves to the uh, to the right to act against the will of its citizens and their representatives in the governments of nations. We will also discover that the riots in these days have been provoked by those who, seeing that the virus is inevitably fading and the social alarm of the pandemic is waning, it was necessary to have to provoke civil disturbances because they would be followed by repression, which through legitimate, uh, which though uh, legitimate, could be condemned as an unjustified aggression against the population. The same thing is happening in Europe in perfect synchrony. It is quite clear the use of street protests is instrumental to the purpose of those who would like to see someone elected in the upcoming presidential election who embodies the goals of the deep state and who expresses those goals faithfully and with conviction. It will not be surprising if in a few months we once again learn that hidden behind these acts of vandalism and violence are those who hope to profit from the dissolution of the social order as so to build a world without freedom. Although it may seem disconcerting, the opposing alignments I have described are also found in religious circles. There are faithful shepherds who care for the flock of Christ, but there are also mercenary infidels who seek to scatter the flock and hand the sheep over to be devoured by ravenous wolves. It is not surprising that these mercenaries are allies of the children of darkness and they hate, and they hate the children of light. Just as there is a deep state, there is also a deep church that betrays its duties and forswears its proper commitments before God. Thus, the invisible enemy, whom good rulers fight against in public affairs, is also fought by good shepherds in the ecclesiastical sphere. It is a spiritual battle, which I spoke about in my recent appeal. 
For the first time, the United States has in you a president who courageously defends the right to life, who is not ashamed to denounce the uh, persecution of Christians throughout the world, who speaks of Jesus Christ and the right of citizens to freedom of worship. Your participation in the March for Life and more recently, your proclamation of the month of April as National Child Abuse Prevention Month are actions that confirm which side you wish to fight on. And I dare to believe that both of us are on the same side of this battle, albeit with different weapons. For this reason, I believe that the attack to which you were subjected to on your visit to the National Shrine of St. John Paul II is part of the orchestrated media narrative which seeks not to fight racism and bring social order, but to aggravate dispositions, not to bring social justice, but to legitimize violence and crime, not to serve the truth, but to favor one political faction. And it is disconcerting that there are bishops, such as those who I have recently denounced who by their words prove that they are aligned on the opposing side they are subservient to the deep state to globalism to aligned thought to a new world order which in will invoke ever more frequently in the name of universal brotherhood which uh, has nothing christian about it but which evokes the ideals of those who want to dominate the world by driving God out of the courts, out of the schools, out of the families, and perhaps even out of our churches. The American people are mature and have now understood how much mainstream media does not want to spread the truth, but seeks to silence and distort it, spreading the lie that is useful for the purposes of their masters. However, it is important that the good who are the majority wake up from their sluggishness and do not accept being deceived by a minority of dishonest people with uh, unavowable purposes. It is necessary that the good, the children of the light, come together and make their voices heard. What a more what more effective way is there to do this, Mr. President, than by prayer asking the Lord to protect you, the United States, and all humanity from this enormous attack of the enemy. Before the power of prayer, the deceptions of the children of darkness will collapse. Their plots will be revealed. Their betrayal will be shown. Their frightening power will end in nothing. Brought to light and exposed for what it is, an infernal deception. Mr. President, my prayer, and constantly uh, turn to the beloved American nation where I had the privilege and honor of being sent by Pope Benedict as an apostolic nuncio in this dramatic, decisive hour for all humanity. I am praying for you, all those who are at your side of the government of the United States, and I trust the American people are united with me in a prayer for you to Almighty God. That is one of the most stunning things I have ever read from the Vatican. Um, that is, uh, uh, you know, uh, biblical, obviously, in, in its uh, nature and its impact, and absolutely right. It is time that we come together. It is time that we recognize the forces of evil and the forces of good, and we stop playing footsie with it. We must call it out by name with love and respect for all, but call it out by name. And so I will do so, beginning in one minute, as I call Black Lives Matter by name. Na, 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 na. Ah, 
our uh, sponsor this half hour. Um, if you have a car that is out of warranty, you know it's going to break down. It's, it's almost like they, they intentionally, well, how long is the warranty on this part? Okay, four years, great. This will break down four years, two weeks. Uh, it's almost like they plan it to only last that long. Uh, and now with the way that you have cars where you can't just go to, you know, pet boys and grab all the parts of the chips, you can't even diagnose what's going on. You have to take your car into the shop and have it fixed. And those chips sometimes are three grand. I want you to call 1-800-CAR-6000 and get yourself covered with Car Shield. Car Shield will help you guard against the disasters that are going to come your way. Um, with rates as low as $99 a month, you can choose your favorite mechanic or dealership to do all the work, and Car Shield will take care of the rest. Rates as low as $99 a month, you have nothing to lose. Get Car Shield today, 800 Car 6000, 800 Car 6000, or visit carshield.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 10%. That's carshield.com, promo code BECK. A deductible may apply. 10 seconds, station ID. All right, so uh, let me talk to those who actually believe in God here for a second. Um, if you believe in God, you know that the, the individual is responsible for himself. And beyond that, the family is the nucleus. The family is ordained of God. The family is the most important building block of all of society. People are now saying, and I said this last week, people are now saying, you know, I agree with Black Lives Matter and the, you know, I don't agree with the rioters. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, now, now we're cleansing Black Lives Matter. Now I read their, uh, their website, oh, I don't know, five years ago or so, and it was horrifying. Well, they have gone back under cloak, but they wanted to make sure that everyone knew with eyes you could see what they really were on the blacklivesmatter.com website. You tell me if this is good or evil. We seek to disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. It sounds nice. Oh, well, they're always going to take care of each other. Uh-huh. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement. Now, Let me just tell you that around 50 years ago, we, we destroyed another nuclear family. We, we destroyed the nuclear family um, of the African-American. And it has been an unmitigated disaster. We have incentivized dads to leave the home. Jason Riley, a senior fellow at Manhattan Institute, claims that family structure offers a much more plausible explanation to the outcomes 
of what is happening in the black community than residual white racism. The family structure has broken down, and I believe it was by design, and I believe it was by design by evil progressives. They've been trying to destroy the black family and the black community forever. Now, there's something else that seems oddly out of place. Remember, this is a Black Lives Matter, so this is a black-run organization. We foster a queer-affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking. I can tell you, I find it highly unlikely that a group of black people wrote that. I find that highly unlikely. I'll bet you no, no black people had any part of writing that. Blacks are by the largest margin of 18%, the least supportive of homosexuality. There was a, uh, a PRRI uh, research paper, roughly 6 in 10 white, 59%, Hispanic, 60%, and mixed-race Americans, 59%, and close to 7 in 10, 69%, Asian Pacific Islanders, America's, Americans favor same-sex marriage. However, black Americans are more divided with fewer than half, 48% expressing support and allowing gay and lesbian couples to marry, while 41% opposed. However, this represents a five-point increase in support in same-sex marriage compared to the 43% in 2015. So they are 30 points behind everybody else. And even the crowdsourced liberal Wikipedia says that this is because African-Americans are so bound to their religion. So how much do you want to make a bet that the final phase for the black community is happening now, trying to get blacks to separate from their church? That way you can move progressive policies forward and you can completely destroy these people. It's weird because blacks are so close to God and yet God is not mentioned in a single page of Black Lives Matter's website. Gender shows up four times, sex three times, comrades shows up twice, but no mention of God. I'll tell you what this is. This is not a movement. This is a Soros operation. This is this a way to get people to vote for Democrats for the next 200 years and to tear our nation apart. More in a second. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So if you are living in, let's say, I don't know, Minneapolis, you might want to think about moving. And if you are, you need a really good real estate agent before all of them leave your city as well. Uh, housing market has not done badly. I mean, I really thought this thing would be a mess. Turns out a lot of people are still moving. Turns out a lot of people have a reason to move. Turns out a lot of people are moving from California to Texas. That's weird. Anyway, um, the country is on fire at the moment, but it might be a good time to relocate to somewhere with a lesser number of jerks per 100,000 or something like that. And you need somebody who is the best, who's going to help sell your home on time and for the most amount of money. May I recommend Real Estate Agents I Trust. The, the name kind of says it all, Real Estate Agents I Trust. It's a free service to you. I want you to do your own homework. Get this real estate agent name and phone number and then call them, talk to them. 
and interview others. But this is a huge, huge investment you're making. Make sure you do your homework. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Get your home sold on time and for the most amount of money. Realestateagentsitrust.com. And go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. Get 10 bucks off. Get the TV show as well. Studios America, Pac-Ray Unleashed, and more. I'm shocked at how many people will look at things uh, that are going on and say, yeah, well, it makes sense. Makes sense. People were in their homes, and so there's going to be violence. In their homes. I was in my home. I'm not shooting anybody. Well, people are frustrated. Well, I'm very frustrated. How about you? Are you frustrated? We're not shooting anybody. Well, their businesses were destroyed. Mm, yeah. A lot of people within the sound of my voice, their business was destroyed. They're not going out and destroying other people's businesses. Well, they've gotten the raw end of the deal, the police. Yeah, they have. They have at times, at times. I mean, this guy wouldn't have had an encounter with police. It's not like they just pulled him over, you know, because he was driving while black. Um, You know, he was in the midst of a crime and uh, dropped a bag of drugs as they were running after him. So it's not like, you know, he could have avoided the police. It's not like they sought him out. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't get to the, 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 the harshest sentence for this police officer that he deserves. But I don't think that's happening. The George Soros-backed candidate, uh, Keith Ellison, he's, he's, he's upping this to second-degree murder. And everything I have read on this... I don't think he has a second-degree murder charge. I don't think he has it. He is, he's gone from uh, aggressive endangerment, which is basically their third-degree murder, to where you are just, you're just totally rec- reckless with abandon, and it causes somebody's death. He's gone from that to really murdering the guy. And all of the other guys are, that were on the police force with him at that time, they were all in on it. You're going to have those three police officers walk, and you might have th- this police officer walk. That's not what you charge. No prosecutor would ever charge them with that because you have a good chance of losing. Then what? You have more riots on the street. Well, isn't that nice? Oh, because of Keith Ellison's son, who's on the city council, you're not going to have any police. Minneapolis, congratulations. I can't even imagine what your property values are going to be like in a year from now. Congressional Budget Office came out and said the economy will take 10 years to recover from the impact of coronavirus. 10 years. Target and Walmart have closed hundreds of stores between them in the last, uh, in the last week because of the riots. Adidas has temporarily closed all of its stores. All of its stores. All across America. Amazon has scaled back or adjusted delivery routes. Handful of cities to protect its employees. Many small business owners in Minneapolis 
Los Angeles, Washington, D.C. are starting just now to reopen their businesses and restaurants when the when the riots hit. The Wall Street Journal reports that Minnesota state officials are already estimating that Minneapolis has over a billion dollars in property damage. And that doesn't include the job losses or the looting. As of last Tuesday, at least 300 businesses across Minneapolis and St. Paul had been vandalized, looted, or had its doors and windows smashed. Out of the 308 damaged businesses, 45 of them are now nothing but rubble because they were destroyed by fire. And I guess the crowning achievement of the rioters in Minneapolis is they've completely burned down a $30 million affordable housing project. 190 housing housing units that were slated to open in the spring of 2021. Community group in Atlanta says that last week's riots alone caused 10 to 15 million dollars in property damage. That doesn't uh, uh, include any losses from looting. Because of the Freddie Gray riots in 2015, Baltimore had $9 million in damages. Los Angeles, $1.4 billion. $1.4 billion. In Detroit, in 1967, it was $322 million. Miami, 1980, $204 million is what it cost that city to get back on, onto the grid. New York, 1977, $118 million. Baltimore, $104 million. Chicago, $168 New York, 30 million. Now, here's the thing. It's not just the damage. It's what happens to the areas of town that are ravaged. There's an economic professor at uh, the College of Holy Cross. He studied the 1992 Rodney King riots in L.A. He said the economic activity in the areas uh, didn't return to previous levels for 10 years. He said the riots cost $5 billion in lost sales in those 10 years. And the ones who really are hurt are the minorities because it's in their neighborhood. A conclusion from Vanderbilt University. We find the occurrence of a riot significantly depressed the value of black-owned property between 1960 and 1970. And there was little or no rebound during the 70s. The riot's effects were powerful enough to shift the center of the property value distribution in these cities. The effects were not narrowly contained in the areas that experienced the riot activity. Their estimates suggest that the riots caused 10% decline in the total value of black-owned property in cities. Who are you helping? Who are you helping? You're not helping the black community. You are hurting the black community. Of course, if I say that, I'm apparently hurting the black community. You repeat it. You're hurting the black community. I don't know about you, but I'm done with all of that. I'm done with it. You know, there was a um, there was a police officer that was told to kneel down in front of the crowd. And he said, no, he's in Georgia. He's a state trooper. You might have heard this. I don't know if you heard the whole story. But he's a law enforcement officer that refused to kneel for protesters at a Black Lives Matter rally in Hartwell, Georgia, on Sunday. He's a state trooper. 
He said, I only kneel for one person, and that person is God. He's being ravaged today. These are the times we talked about for so long. This is this is the act of terrorists. That's that's what's happening. It's terrorism. This is hatred. This is racism masking as anti-racism. This is the racial equivalent of Antifa. I'm not going to apologize for my white privilege. Was it easy for me to do this? No. No, I grew up in a poorish family. I mean, I didn't live in the projects. But we worked hard for everything that we had. I didn't have any special privilege. My folks couldn't afford to send me to college. I had to pay for it when I was 30. I believe most American... America is not a racist nation. Obama wouldn't have been elected if it were. Trump's not a racist. Jesse Jackson was praising him in the 90s for supporting the Rainbow Push Coalition. Uh, coalition. Trump has had a black girlfriend. What white supremacist Nazi lover dates a black woman? Meanwhile, I've got pictures of Joe Biden sniffing the heads of 30 kids. Not one of them is black. What's he have a problem with black people, with black kids? Why isn't he? Do- Maybe he should talk to Corn Pop about this. Joe Biden has said more racist stuff in the last 30 days than Trump has said probably in his whole lifetime. But here's the thing I want you to hear. Joe Biden now says he has all the solutions to fix race relations in this country. Well, why the hell didn't you share that with Obama? When you when you had power, how come when you were in the Senate, you didn't share those ideas? Why didn't you use that knowledge at any time in the last four years in office to fix things? Because your your solution is the same. Get pat black people to vote for you and then abandon them. You know, I was talking to a friend this weekend and I said, I am so glad that. I'm so glad that the Lord showed us that this was coming. I'm so glad that we knew. Can you imagine if you didn't have God and you didn't have hope? You didn't have God, so you didn't know how the story ended. You had no inkling that this was coming. Can you imagine what kind of panic you would be in right now? We knew this was coming. This is the time where we either stop evil or we succumb to it. And the first thing we have to do is not become evil ourselves. We have to let go of our anger, and we have to have uh, we have to steal ourselves for perseverance. Don't burn out in the pregame, because this is going to go on for a while. You know, every day when I sit down here at this desk and I I talk to you in the last couple of weeks, I think to myself, "Well, oh, gee, I got to say that." I, I don't know. Is that racist? I mean, that's going to maybe I shouldn't say that. What? 
There are many things that I believe that I shall never say, but I shall never say the things that I do not believe. I didn't understand what Immanuel Kant meant when he said that. I read that 15, 20 years ago now, and I couldn't understand the world that he lived in. It's the world we're living in now. I'm not a racist. I don't think you're a racist. Maybe we've done hurtful things from time to time or we didn't pay attention to certain things because everybody lives in their own world. But I'm not apologizing for the sins of the past. I can't fix the past. I had two relatives. My two great uncles died in the Civil War fighting for the North. I'm not going to apologize for anything. I'll, I'll work side by side with anybody. I'll teach whatever I can to anybody. I'll hire anybody qualified. I don't care what they look like. I have no problem with that. But the media, the media conditioning that we're going through right now, think about this. I, I told you this. I was thinking about this this morning. I told you about this a while back. When you have a war, everything can be changed because people get so tired of it that by the end of it, it's a new normal. By the time you go back to it, it's not the same. Everything's askew, but you don't know or you don't care because at least that's over. What do you think is happening to us right now? They've been talking about a new normal for a while. But they, remember, they weren't talking about a new normal because we were going to wear masks. They were talking about a new normal on how this was going to change everything. Progressives had this opportunity. And when we start saying, started saying, okay, enough is enough, all of a sudden the protests start. I'm not saying you shouldn't protest. And I'm not saying that that killing was, uh, was anything other than a horrible move by a, a pretty bad guy. But it was, it, we are being played. We are being played. Don't fall into those hands. Know what you believe. Know our true history. Don't apologize for it. And stand. Back in a minute. Omaha steaks. Oh, yes, yes. When you're firing up the grill and you open up the freezer and there's a, or the fridge and there's an empty, there's an empty rack in there and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Omaha steaks are now out on the grill. You know that it's a manly day. Maybe it's Father's Day. Right now, Omaha Steaks is offering access to a wide variety of amazing packages, which are perfect to send to dad for Father's Day. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the promo code back into the search bar. You'll see all of the great options there. Many of the steaks include free shipping and a free pound of steak cut bacon. And, uh, and they also have, you know, side dishes that are easy to make, one-step family meals, artisan desserts, everything. Right now, the Father's Day packages are ready to order and ready to ship, and many include free shipping and a free pound of steak-cut bacon. Omaha Steaks, they deliver guaranteed quality and safety with every single order. So send Dad the gift of steaks. Meat is what a man wants. Visit omahasteaks.com and type Beck into the search bar to shop for Father's Day today. It's omahasteaks.com. Type Beck in the search bar. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Program. 
This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome back, Mr. Stubergear. Thanks, Glenn. One thing I was fascinated in watching while I was on vacation was my social media feed completely loaded with people making lists of, let's say, black-owned restaurants that you can support in these times. And, you know, you can see the motivation being pretty good there and that, like, you're trying to support these businesses. A lot of them had their businesses trashed or lit on fire uh mm-hmm. uh hey support black owned businesses in these communities i can't keep coming i can't help though to keep coming back to the idea that if you're making a decision as to where to eat and part of your decision making process is what is the skin color of the owner of the business this is a bad Might idea be. that does not worked out well for black people in the past and I'm thinking. So you're, you're saying mm-hmm. that having somebody make a list of white business, yeah. white owned businesses would, would be, be a bad thing, would be offensive. Yeah. In fact, I would say, and I'm going to go out on a limb here. You shouldn't <laughs> wow. consider the skin color of the business owner when you do business with them should not be a That's part a of the equation idea. in any way. That's no matter how crazy woke you, what are you, you saying? Feel. Just, just base it on if it's good or not. I know. It's crazy. Kind of. of. Capitalism is that, you weirdo racist. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Um, If you're a dog owner, you probably know a good diet is uh, vital both for his health and overall happiness as well. Whether you're feeding your dog dry kibble or... Uh, or not i mean that's basically sterilized food or you're making the food yourself your dog will still benefit from rough greens rough greens what i feel feed my dog uno it is a supplement that you put on the dog food it contains massive amounts of of vitamins and minerals digestive enzymes probiotics even omega oils and antioxidants i started using rough greens with uno Four months ago, we could never get him over 95 pounds, and he should be about 100 and, 105, 110. We could never get him to gain weight. He refused to eat. Then we started putting this on top of his food, and he snarfs it. And he's not getting fat. He's got muscle tone, and he's healthy. Rough Greens, 14-day jumpstart challenge for $14.95. See the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. That's roughgreens.com slash Beck, or call 833-GLEN33. That's 833-GLEN33 today. is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, everybody's telling us now to unite, and I don't think we can anymore. There, there, there are too many differences that are uh, just, too, just too wide of a gulf to cross. For instance, the New York Times, uh, I think... It has now just fed itself a poison pill. You know, it's been playing footsie with the left forever, but they still would have the other point of view on their opinion page or whatever. Not anymore. Not anymore. The radicals have now officially taken over the New York Times in totality, and I don't see their future. Uh, There's only going to be one of us standing, really. The other one's going to be snuffed out. 
especially if it is the left that wins. They will snuff us out. Uh, and I don't know how places like the New York Times return to sanity. Uh, I think they'll be burned down, you know, in the end by their own people. Well, we're going to go there. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this editorial from Tom Cotton and uh, the New York Times response and what it all means. And we begin in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. When Pete and Seth Talbot found a relief factor, they wanted to help people in pain, pure and simple. People often take drugs to manage pain, and sometimes those drugs are not really helpful. They can leave you feeling woozy, out of control of your life. You can become addicted to them. It's horrible. I have a, uh, a lot of experience being a lab rat. Uh, I dealt with some pretty severe pain for years, and I've tried so many different things. And some things worked, and then it stopped working. I've been taking Relief Factor now uh, for two, maybe, gosh, going on three years now. Uh, I take it three times a day, and it has worked for me in a tremendous way. Inflammation is mainly caused, uh, or um, inflammation is the main cause of pain in most of our lives. Uh, And with pain like this, when you are just living with it every day, and you just think, I just can't go on another day, and you've tried everything else, could I ask you please just to try Relief Factor? I was there exactly in the same place, and it has worked for me, and I feel like I have my life back. I can do the things I've always wanted to do and wasn't able to do because of pain. 70% of the people who tried Relief Factor go on to buy more because it works. Try the three-week quick start trial pack for nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. relieffactor.com. So Tom Cotton wrote, send in the troops. The nation must restore order. The military stands ready. Now, I want you to know the New York Times wrote that headline, not him. But of course, he's blamed for, you know, just even the headline, send in the troops. That's just so inflammatory. Is it really? Now, they've pulled this uh, editorial and now put all kinds of disclaimers all around it. I want you to hear what the New York Times wrote about this editorial. Then I'm going to read it to you in its entirety, and you tell me what the problem is. After publication, this essay met strong criticism from many readers and many Times colleagues, prompting editors to review the piece and editing process. Based on that review, we have concluded that the essay fell short of our standards and should not have been published. The basic. Now remember, this is from a this is from a group that uh, published an editorial. I think from Hitler. Uh, they've been, you know, they were the ones that were all in with, uh, Stalin. Uh, they have, they've published a lot of really bad guys, um, editorials, but now they have Tom Cotton and they, they got to change everything. The basic arguments advanced by Senator Cotton, however objectionable people may find them, represent a newsworthy part of a current debate. But given the life and death importance of the topic, the senator's influential position and the gravity of the steps he advocates, the essay should have undergone the highest levels of scrutiny. 
Oh, yeah, I'm sure they let a conservative just write whatever he wanted. Instead, the editing process was rushed and flawed, and senior editors were not sufficiently involved. While Senator Cotton and his staff cooperated fully with our editing process, you have no idea what an editing process is like at the New York Times. They don't just let you roll. The op-ed should have been subject to further substantial revisions, as is frequently the case with such essays, or we should have rejected it. For example, the published piece presents as facts assertions about the roles of cadres of left-wing radicals like Antifa. In fact, those allegations have not been substantiated and have not been widely questioned or, and have been widely questioned. Editors should have sought further cooperation of the assertions or remove them from the piece. The assertion that police officers bore the brunt of the violence is an overstatement that should have been challenged. The essay also includes a reference to a constitutional duty that was intended as a paraphrase. It should not have been rendered as a quotation. Oh, my gosh. So they go on about how even the tone is wrong and it's just awful. And now we have some ap- uh, appropriate context here. So you won't be so upset by it. Now here, this is what he wrote. This week, rioters have plunged many American cities into anarchy, recalling the widespread violence of the 1960s. Oh my gosh, already he's just at my throat. I feel so oppressed. New York City suffered the worst of the riots Monday night as Mayor Bill de Blasio stood by while Midtown Manhattan descended into lawlessness. You'll notice that wasn't one of the questioned uh, sentences. Bands of looters roved the streets, smashing and emptying hundreds of businesses. Some even drove exotic cars. The riots were carnivals for the thrill-seeking rich as well as other criminal elements. Uh, Not disputed. Outnumbered police officers, encumbered by f- uh, feckless p- politicians, bore the brunt of the violence. In the, that's, the, that's the first sentence they have a problem with. In, the, in New York State, rioters ran over officers with cars on at least three occasions. In Las Vegas, an officer is in grave condition after being shot in the head by a rioter. In St. Louis, four police officers were shot as they attempted to disperse a mob, throwing bricks and dumping gasoline. In a separate incident, 77-year-old retired police captain was shot to death as he tried to stop looters from ransacking his pawn shop. This is somebody's granddaddy, a bystander screamed at the scene. Okay, so... They had they had a problem with the uncom- uh, they had a problem with the, the police officers bore a brunt of vi- the a brunt of the violence. Well, I don't know. That sounds like they kind of kind of had their share. Do you, do you have others that did, could? Some elites have excused this orgy of violence in the spirit of radical chic, calling it an understandable response to the wrongful death of George Floyd. Those excuses are built on a revolting moral equivalence of rioters and looters to be peaceful, law-abiding protesters. The majority of who seek to protest peacefully shouldn't be confused with bands of miscreants. But the rioting has nothing to do with George Floyd, who bereaved relatives have condemned the violence. On the contrary, nihilist criminals are simply out for loot and the thrill of destruction, with cadres of left-wing radicals like Antifa Antifa, infiltrating protest marches to exploit Floyd's, uh, Floyd's death for their own anarchic purposes. How do you have a problem with that sentence? We all know that's true. 
If these rioters, if not subdued, not only will destroy the livelihoods of law-abiding citizens, but also will take more innocent lives. Many poor communities that still bear scars from past upheavals will be set back even further. Amen, right? One thing above all else will restore order to our streets, an overwhelming show of force to disperse detain and ultimately deter lawbreakers but law enforcement locally in some cities desperately need backup while delusional politicians in other cities refuse to do what's necessary to uphold the rule of law the pace of looting and disorder may fluctuate from night to night but it is past time to support law local law enforcement with federal authority some governors have mobilized the national guard yet others refuse and in some cases the rioters still outnumber the police and guard combined in these circumstances, the Insurrection Act authorizes the president to employ the military or any other means in cases of insurrection or obstruction of the laws. This vulnerable, uh, uh, venerable law, nearly as old as our republic itself, does not amount to martial law or the end of democracy, as some excitable critics ignorant of both the law and our history have comically suggested the fact the federal government has a constitutional duty to the states to here's this other this is they're going to complain on this to protect each of them from domestic violence throughout our history presidents have exercised this authority on dozens of occasions to protect law-abiding citizens from disorder nor does it violate the Posse Comitatus Act, which constrains the military role in law enforcement, but expressly accepts statutes such as the Insurrection Act. For instance, during the 1950s and 60s, President Dwight Eisenhower, John Kennedy, and Lyndon Johnson called out the military to disperse mobs that prevented school desegregation and threatened innocent lives and property. This happened in my own state. A racist Democrat in my state mobilized our National Guard in 1957 to obstruct desegregation at a Little Rock Central High School. President Eisenhower federalized the guards and called in the 101st Airborne in response. The failure to do so, he said, would be tantamount to acquiescence in anarchy. More recently, President George H.W. Bush ordered the Army's 7th Infantry and 1,500 Marines to protect Los Angeles during the race riots of 1992. He acknowledged his disgust at the Rodney King treatment. He said, what I saw made me sick. Not surprisingly, public opinion is on the side of law enforcement and law and order, not insurrectionists. According to a recent poll, 58% of registered voters, including nearly half of Democrats, 37% of African Americans would support cities calling in the military to address the protest and demonstrations that are in response to the death of George Floyd. That opinion may not often appear in chic salons, but widespread support for it is a fact nonetheless. The American people are not blind to injustices in our society, but they also know the basic, most basic responsibility of government is to maintain public order and safety. In normal times, local law enforcement can uphold public order. But in rare moments, like ours today, more is needed, even if many politicians prefer to wring their hands while the country burns. This is unbelievable, because you have people in the streets saying that they want to overthrow the government of the United States. That's an insurrection. What is the New York Times even thinking? Stu, how do you go back to being the paper of record when you take a sitting senator making a historic case and 
And that case has, as, as he said, about 60% approval. And they make it into the craziest, most dangerous idea that you could possibly imagine. Because the left, in their own newspaper, took control of the editorial board. Yeah. How do you, you, how do you go back? Well... I mean, whether they were actually ever there is a whole nother uh, conversation, but you don't go back from it because it is the same thing we've talked about for a very long time. You're never going to be woke enough there. You're always going to there's always somebody who's next on on the hit parade. They never get enough. You never feed the mob until it's full. When you say, when you start saying, okay, yeah, you know, we, we really apologize for, our, you know, the NFL, we really apologize for not letting people kneel uh, in the games or whatever they're trying to, to uh, you know, say now. Well, it, that, it's never going to be enough, right? You could make Colin Kaepernick president of the United States and they'd still find things to complain about. Now they're talking about dismantling the police department in, in Minnesota, it's you know conservatives are always just first on the chopping block for these matters right right around the corner is you and you know we've seen this with people in hollywood we've now seen it in people with people Mm -hmm. in journalism they are there the standards they have designed are completely untenable so when it comes down to applying them to the situations uh, that they're in the middle of a very rational thing that they've done here Tom Cotton is a he's a leader of a certain type of thought. Uh, he is a, a very pro. He's a he's a leader of the nationalist, probably you know, uh, right wing movement, conservative movement, and you might define it with nationalism. Obviously, Trump would be the number one guy on that front. But there's a lot of similarities between the way Tom Cotton thinks and the way Donald Trump thinks. This is an obvious thing that should be out there and being discussed, especially if you're the paper of record. When you have something that is a, a majority position in the United States of America, you can't even have a guy who is in the middle of making these decisions write an op-ed about it. That is not Tom Cotton's fault. That's your fault. And, and, and it, That's and, your fault. And, you know, and you were intimidated and, and you into get, abandoning it. That is the, the worst part about this. They actually did write the, they did let them write the op-ed. They did print it. And then they retroactively, you know, flog, flog themselves into uh, submission. It, it's pretty pathetic. And how do you justify saying that you're a person of science or you're a person, you know, that agrees in a healthy debate or anything like that? When you are silencing somebody like Tom Cotton, I mean, a clearly well thought out editorial, clearly in the, you know, the uh, the mass is for it uh, and you silence it. It's not some raving lunatic like, you know, Hitler, who I think you guys endorsed and and uh, and and Stalin, who I know you made excuses for and endorsed. It's not like that guy. He's just saying, hey, we've used this law several times before, and they can't even print that. How do you think you're going to get anything of value or anything balanced from an organization that does this on their editorial page? This wasn't a news story. This was an editorial page, which is made to get you to think and to provoke. That's what it's for. What, are they only supposed to walk in lockstep and just say whatever the, the mob tells them to say? 
boy, oh boy, is the New York Times in deep, deep trouble. And it couldn't happen to a group of nicer people. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Okay, you need to get your financial house in order. And if you haven't gotten a loan yet, um, and you're you're paying 4% or more for your mortgage, I want you to go to AmericanFinancing.net right now. Call 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. You can consolidate. Uh, you can uh, just refinance your loan. They will tell you in a quick 10-minute phone call. AmericanFinancing.net, 800-906-2440. It'll take 10 minutes of your time. You're going to get a free, no-obligation mortgage review. It'll help you learn more about the custom loan options that are tailor-fit to your need, and they'll tell you within 10 minutes if they think they can help you or not. AmericanFinancing.net, 800-906-2440. Save that money. AmericanFinancing.net. Go there now. 10 seconds, station ID. Wow. Wow. Uh, New Orleans Saints uh, quarterback Drew Brees. I, you know, we mentioned this earlier. I, I'm, I mean, if his sperm doesn't apologize for what his potential children might have done, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, now his his wife on an Instagram uh, post on the Breeze Dream Foundation page posted a message which featured two quotes from Martin Luther King. But then it also included her comments, which were not helpful. We are the problem. Are we? I write this with tears in my eyes, and I hope that you hear our hearts. We've read these quotes in Scripture a thousand times, and every time I read it, the words sink into my heart. I think, yes, yes, this is what it's all about. Only till the last few days, until we experienced the death threats we experienced, the hate, did I realize that these words were speaking directly to us. How could anyone who knows us or had interactions with us think that Drew or I have a racist bone in our body? the whole point somehow we as white america we can feel good about us not being racist feel good about loving one another as god loves us we can feel good about educating our children about the horrors of slavery in history we can read books to our children about martin luther king malcolm x hank aaron barack obama rosa parks harriet tubman feel like we're doing our part to raise children to love be unbiased with no prejudice teach them about the african-americans that have brought who have fought for and risked lives against racial injustice somehow we white americans we feel like that checks the boxes of doing the right thing but not until this week did drew and i realize that's exactly the problem we're the problem to say i don't agree with disrespecting the flag i now understand I was also saying, I don't understand what the problem really is. I don't understand what you're fighting for. I'm not willing to hear you because of our preconceived notions of what that flag means to us. Oh my gosh, shut up. She concluded, that's the problem. We're not listening. White America's just not hearing. We're not actively looking for racial prejudice. We've no, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm really not. I'm not searching my friends for racial prejudice. I'm, I'm really not. I'm really not. 
Um, we've heard stories from men and women. We've known and loved for years about the racism occurred in their lives. Really? Was it recent or was it in the past? Uh, stories that were never shared or talked about because somehow they were considered normal. To all of our friends and anyone we heard, we will do better. We want to do better. We want to hear you. And we want to fight for you because thinking we are not part of the problem is checking a box that means we're just not doing enough. It's our job to educate ourselves, and we are sorry. Okay. All right. Well, can your can your husband go play football now, or <laughs> does he have to kneel down to another god before he does that? I mean, holy cow! I understand what you're trying to do. But uh, I refuse to kneel to the crowd. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about Goldline. Uh, Goldline right now is is the thing that helps me sleep at night, quite honestly. I advise you over and over again, do your own homework. Only you are going to know what's right for your financial house and future. But I can tell you that I put my money where my mouth is. I put my my money in gold line. I have just reinvested in some gold uh, recently. I took it out of the stock market and put some of it in gold because I I know the stock market's doing really well. But do you think that's real at all? Really? Tell me. Riots are going on in the United States. Major companies are under attack and... The stock keeps going up? The hell is that? Because I'm not a Fed chair, I don't know who they're investing in, and so I don't get to follow that with them. Uh, I advise you that you you call Goldline, ask them about the self-directed IRA and retirement account special that will reimburse you for up to 10 years in IRA fees. It's goldline.com, 866-GOLDLINE. And you can go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. Save 10 bucks off your Blaze TV subscription. This is the Glenn Beck program. Um, if you are a subscriber to the Blaze and you happen to watch my, uh, my exclusive TV show just for Blaze subscribers on uh, Friday night, you saw a riveting hour, hour 15 minutes with uh, Candace Owen. She, I mean, she just, she won't shut up. She just will not shut up. Uh, we talked about white privilege. Uh, we talked about all kinds of stuff. Well, the problem came from when the president retweeted me. Uh, and I, I tweeted out something that I had said in this show. Um, and Candace responded uh, with with a really uh, strong response uh, on the show, but it was all in context. We tweeted it out, said, hey, you need to watch this show. President retweeted it and uh, all hell broke loose. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we, we we're dangerous. We're just dangerous. And uh, you shouldn't we shouldn't have a place even on Twitter. Uh, quite honestly, we're that dangerous. Uh, and uh, Candace later on, because now she is the center of the target, um, Candace is censored and canceled again. 
this time uh, she launched a GoFundMe page for an Alabama bar owner who had come under attack for telling an employee via a text that he didn't agree with the George Floyd protests and the and 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 he just didn't think they were right. I mean, I think you see the problem there, right? I mean, I mean, right? I mean, I'm surprised his his restaurant, his bar isn't burned to the ground. But I mean, thank God, you know, that text went out, became viral, and you know, his business was destroyed. Well, she decides to start a GoFundMe page, but now it has been canceled uh, because of intolerance. Now, let me ask you, is it intolerant to uh, ban the guy and smear the guy who had a different opinion of yours? He didn't agree with the protest. Um, Or is it intolerant to then ban uh, other people? trying to raise money for him so he doesn't lose his shirt. I mean, uh, the intolerant part seems like you can't handle somebody else's opinion. That's what, that's what it sounds like to me, Twitter. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not an algorithm. So what do I know? So she raised $205,000 in just a few hours on GoFundMe. And uh, apparently GoFundMe decided to stop the campaign because they deem the funds raised for a conservative business constitutes intolerance. They are going to give the funds thus far to the cam, uh, to the uh, cafe, but not anything else. They, they suspended that account. So well, that'll show you. I mean, at the speed of things, Stu, how long before, you know, Mercury One and, and the Blaze just, we don't have any presence anywhere. On social platforms. Always a risk, right? That's why Blaze TV is important, right? You know, that you have a way of actually connecting with us. That's why we always talk about the subscription because it, number one, funds all the research that we do and all the, pro, and all the programming. But also, you know, we have no idea when this stuff goes away. It's nice to have the ability to be able to put everything uh, on YouTube. And by the way, I think the Candace show was on Wednesday, wasn't it? So that show is uh, on, I believe it's still on your... Is it Wednesday? It's on YouTube. So okay, it's yeah. still on your YouTube channel. You can watch it uh, uh, now if you want to. And we'll put that stuff up there for as long as, as, as is possible. But we've seen from so many people who have been either blocked or uh, restricted. You can't find where they are at all. They're removed from the platform entirely. You know, these things, they may have a right to do them, but still, I don't think I don't think it's right. I don't think it's uh, it's, it's what they should be doing. And we have to build things to compete with them or we're, we're going to wind up having them control our flow of information. And I think we've seen that that's not a good idea. <laughs> you think you think when a senator is turned down and he is his op ed was a huge mistake. Yeah, and think you about know, the this. guy who. The, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say. Think about this. I was going to say. Times. Yeah, this is a guy who is uh, the an op-ed. Uh, you know, the guy who's running their op-ed uh, area, their their opinion uh, board. They just put just two years ago. This guy's so woke. He actually was in this. You know, in the decision making process for hiring Sarah Zhang, who was 
as soon as she was announced as a hire, everyone was like, wait a minute, you mean the lady who's always tweeting about how she wants to cancel white people? You just put her on your, op- like, really? You put her on your opinion board? And it became a pretty big controversy almost right away. She had really negative tweets about white people, saying she took pleasure in being cruel to old white people. She said that she uh, she wanted to uh, F the police, ban the police, all these types of things. And they came out and made a statement on her behalf, defending uh, her right to j- basically say mm-hmm. white people shouldn't exist anymore. That was that was her mm-hmm. right. Um, and now, just two years after that, this guy's thrown out on his butt for not actually agreeing with Tom Cotton, but having the goal of actually letting Tom Cotton, a U.S. senator, write an op-ed in the New York Times. You are never the radicals are in charge. woke enough. Never. No, never. You are their next meal. And, uh, you know, I love, I love watching them eat themselves. And they're eating themselves all over the place. Um, but uh, I hope somebody wakes up pretty quickly. Because, I mean, look at, think of that. You're the, you, you know, you're in charge of the uh, editorial uh, page of the New York Times. And you're a radical. You hired all these radicals. And now you become the man somehow or another, and all of the radicals that you hire protest until you're fired because you ran an opposing view. How does the New York Times survive? Seriously, how does anybody make a claim that they are fair or balanced when you there was nothing inflammatory about that? I mean, yes, if you are against it, but can you imagine the arrogance, the arrogance that you would have? To call the New York Times and say, how dare you print that opinion in your editorial page? I mean, I would never think of that. Would you think of that? That's the problem with conservatives. We don't think about that stuff. We're just like, turn the page. It's really a tough thing. We've talked about this for an issue. How do you for a while? How do you respond to it? Do you adopt their terrible tactics or do you do what you believe is right? And that's always a tough. I think it's a really tough thing for conservatives to deal with right now. But, you know, when you look at this and you say, now the New York Times has Ben Smith, one of their writers who writes about the media and has written several pieces about the way New York, the New York Times has handled individual issues lately, uh, has, a, has a, a story out today talking about how this is a, a large scale revolt by reporters who basically were tired of not just yelling out their opinions at the top of their lungs. This whole, what I would call journalism thing that they used to do, has become annoying. It's become a real problem for them. They wanted to be able to tweet how much they want to cancel white people or whatever the heck the thing they want to say is. Um, And they talk about it in the context of Ferguson, where... You know, people were critical of some of the people who of some of the reporters who were in Ferguson. uh, And that was followed by this out, you know, outlashing sort of uh, anger about from reporters saying like, you know, this is this injustice has stood too long and blah, 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 blah. Now, of course, we all know now the Michael Brown thing, the the report's been released. He never said hands up, don't shoot. We know that he had an altercation according to, by the way, I guess really super duper racist witnesses uh, from the black community who were standing there (laughs) watching it occur. And they all seem to say the same exact thing, which was Michael Brown charged the officer and they were in an altercation where Brown was about three times the size of this guy. Uh, he was not it was not a hands up don't shoot situation whatsoever but that is doesn't matter 
we now have the narrative down that that did happen the way that they said it happened. And now these reporters are able to express their opinion on a story that we know they got wrong. Right. We know that is not what happened in this story, yet they are being praised for this activism, this journalism plus activism, which is just activism. You, you know, oil and water don't mix. Journalism and activism in this sort of context don't mix at all. You need to be telling the truth dispassionately. And, you know, they it's, don't do it's that why anymore. I, it, it's why I said over and over and over again when I got into the TV space, because they weren't used to a talk radio show host. And, uh, you know, people would call me a journalist, and I would always say, I am not a journalist. I am an opinion guy. I am the op-ed page. Journalists do something very different, or they should, uh, and I'm giving you my opinion on what I think the news means. The problem was, when I got over there, uh, I was mocking the media, which is always... You know, always the death knell when when it starts to be mocked from the inside, uh, it's usually a death knell of it. Um, But the reason why it was a death knell is because the journalists who have slaved behind a typewriter and then, you know, uh, I'm still on I'm still on Microsoft Word 1.3. They're still they've been grinding these stories out and trying to make a difference and they couldn't make a difference. They could never get any any teeth well then they saw me and people like me starting to come out and do things on television and then later online and they saw how much of an impact and they're like you know what we just have to do that and so they just dropped the pretense entirely and now all they are is opinion people that's not journalism that's not what is needed that's why we can argue about the facts because um you're not gathering all of the facts you're gathering the facts that you like. You're gathering the facts uh, that work to your narrative and leaving all of the other facts out. Well, that's not an honest argument. And I just think these I just think these these journalists have taken off the mask. They all think that they have won. And perhaps they have. But I don't think so. because I don't think America has really even gotten started on this. Uh, and they've thought that they've won, and so they're just coming out and saying, yeah, this is what it's going to be like. And I don't think America is going to sit idly by for that. All right, leading up to Father's Day, why not see if you can get something that you really want with the use of a little subliminal messaging? I'm just saying. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write the words Rec Tech Grill on about a thousand small pieces of paper and then put them everywhere around the house. Put them in your kids' shoes, fold them into their laptops, maybe even bake them into a fortune cookie. I don't know. However you do it, make sure they get the hint. Rec Tech Grill. In fact, just put rectechgrills.com slash Beck on that note. Rectech is an amazing grill. Whether you're wanting to grill, smoke, or even bake food, yes, it even has a bake setting on it. You're going to get evenly heated, perfectly cooked food every single time. For Father's Day, 
you deserve the best. Enter today for your chance to win the same grill that I have uh, at my house. It's Rectech's Father's Day contest. Go to the rectechgrills.com slash Beck site. That's rectechgrills with an S dot com. R-E-C-T-E-C grills.com slash Beck. Go there now. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Now, Reebok and athletes are breaking up with CrossFit. Have you heard this? Uh, Greg Glassman uh, uh, tweeted this tweet in response from a tweet. (laughs) So it's not even his tweet. It's a response to the tweet. For the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation, they read, Racism and discrimination are critical public health issues that demand an urgent response. And so Glassman retweeted Floyd 19. I don't even get it. (laughs) Now, he says that shouldn't be taken as racist. He said, I at CrossFit headquarters and the CrossFit community will not stand for racism. I made a mistake by the words I chose yesterday. My heart is deeply saddened by the pain it has caused. It was a mistake, but not a racist mistake. Floyd is a hero of the black community and not just a victim. I could go on that for a while. I should have been sensitive to that, and I wasn't. I apologize to that. I was trying to stick it to the uh, University of whatever, UW, so it must be um, University of Washington for their invalidated models resulting in needless economy-wrecking, life-wrecking lockdowns. And when I saw they were announcing modeling of a solution to our racial crisis, I was angry and overly emotional. Involving George Floyd's name was uh, was, uh, wrong for me to do. I hope his murder catalyzes real change, blah, blah, blah. So CrossFit is out. Reebok said our partnership with CrossFit HQ comes uh, to an end later this year. We've been in discussions regarding a new agreement. However, in light of the recent events, we have made the decision to end our partnership with CrossFit. CrossFit now is also all the athletes that endorsed CrossFit are now also leaving, and they're disappointed in the founder's <laughs> social media message. Oh, my god! Because, uh, you know, the positive health benefits of exercising a lot, uh, certain now those are out the window, too. Who cares if it helps you get fit? Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't care how good it is. If he did something like that, he should be burned to the... Why don't we have stakes anymore? Ooh. We yeah. should have stakes where we could just burn people at the stake. And the good thing about that, you Glenn, know, is you can take, yeah. uh, if you need to you know, really make the fire hot, you can throw books in there. And that'll really help, you know. Amen to that, brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could take, it's two birds mm-hmm. and, and only the one stone, yeah. which is nice. Right. Which is very nice. Mm-hmm. So you're burning books. And may I suggest, um, you know, the founder of um, the founder of CrossFit. I mean, who knew he was such a racist where he would tweet those two words, you know? I mean, he's no Drew oh. Brees. I don't want to say he's that racist. Yeah, no, my <laughs> God, right? Nobody's that bad. Drew oh, Brees? Of course oh, I haven't even heard from his children. They haven't even apologized yet. What kind of monster are these people? <laughs>